Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show. This theme is rockin'. So, this week on the Backstage Show, we'll be discussing friendships. Aww. That's that's sweet. Yes. Well, specifically friendships that are forged, as it were, in the community theater world. Yes, aka theater friendships, which yes. is the title of this episode. Yeah, which kind of have their own sort of spin to them. Unique in the friendship world. Yeah, sort of, they in some ways they have a <laughs> proclivity of having sort of a transient tendency to them. Yeah, they often live and die in uh, an individual production. Oh, I just made a bunch of new great friends, and we just did the show together. Now the show's over, we're never going to see each other again. Yeah, which is sometimes sad and sometimes for the best, <laughs> to be perfectly honest here. Well, in the latter case, it's probably not a real friendship. Well, yeah, case. and I mean, I think that's what the argument is. Are theater friends real friends? Well, I, I was more as opposed to like somebody that you can't stand and really won't want to well, be around ever again. Yeah, possible. well, that that hopefully is not occurring, and I don't think you'd even call them friends in the context of a show right. if that's the case. But, I mean, theater friends is a unique entity. It's unique in and of itself. It's not necessarily the same as a friend friend. Well, there are a lot of traits of preparing to do a theatrical production that contribute, I think, to this development of building up a tight-knit group of people mm -hmm. within, a closeness. A, within a relatively short amount of time, and then it's over. Yeah, and so during the production, they might feel like friends, and, and often they do transcend the production, but a lot of the times they do stay within that production. And even if you have, say... A few, a handful of people that do actually make an effort to maintain a friendship after the production. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about, say, the entire cast, if it was a larger cast and it became a relatively tight-knit group, yeah, it's virtually impossible to expect that that whole group is ever really going to be that tight-knit again once the show is over. It's uh, Particularly with people who are continuing to do theater, it's just difficult to get that same group together, just to have everybody available. It varies a bit, I think. We've alluded to the transitory or the nomadic mm -hmm. uh, tendencies of some actors maybe to be chasing... Well, chasing roles instead chasing of staying roles. in the theater, sure. Yeah, maybe not staying in one particular theater and the level of activity, how continually busy they want to be with theater if they're always moving on to the next show right. pretty much as soon as they can, as soon as it comes up. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that contributes it to it because you're always kind of leaving... You're leaving your group. You're leaving that yeah. group behind, and you're moving on to the next thing. Exactly. Of course, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. We're, we're jumping to friendships ending, but let's talk about how these friendships, uh, theater friendships, might start. Because you're, you're getting together with a group, and sure, you're, you're bonding on a particular show, but friendships are based often on common interests. And when you're diving into a show, well, you all have a common interest in theater. Exactly. That's already built in. <laughs> yeah, so these are people that... All other things aside, you probably would become friends with or might become friends with because uh, there is that common base, that common interest, and you're spending a lot of time together. You're probably socializing either after rehearsals or after performances. These are things that friendships are based on. 
Sure. And if you're doing community theater and you're making the effort to pursue it, in addition to doing it for the love of the, the art, mm-hmm. you're probably doing it to seek like-minded folks to spend time with. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely is a social outlet. I, I can remember back when I was single, and I probably alluded to this before, where people are like, oh, that's a great thing to, you know, great place to meet women. But, you know, <laughs> it wasn't my uh, goal with theater, but it is a great place to meet friends. I mean, yeah. d- dating aside, it's just a great place to meet friends. I think that's a, a much more healthy way to go into it anyway. Than... I mean, it doesn't happen instantly. Certainly, uh, no. when you're when you're in an, an audition together, I, I think that's a, not a very friendly environment all the time. It's no, more you might be competing for a role, but you might find somebody that's after different roles. I, I mean, even going into an audition, you're going through and uh, going into a group of people that have similar interests as you, and you've both picked that particular show to audition for. So your interests might overlap even more than that. It might be down to type of show. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's certainly possible to even find a friend at an audition and to make uh, strike up a friendship there. I think, though, if you are cast in the show, then it does take a little bit of time for the cast to kind of start to feel comfortable yeah, together. Yeah, it, in it definitely does. If you're not dealing with people who have known each other and or worked together before. It's related to the cast chemistry element that we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. But this is the element of building the relationship that's not part of doing the show. Absolutely. And I mean... You're obviously there to get a job done and to do the best you can in a show. But when you've got offstage time, you might, you know, strike up a conversation. Or as I was saying earlier, after rehearsals, you might be going out. Before rehearsals, you might be meeting up. And directors can sometimes encourage that because it does help with the cast bonding, which lends itself to a uh, good production. Right. As we probably also talked about with the cast bonding element before... The number of times that you have to say attend a rehearsal, depending Mm -hmm. on what your role is in the production, if you have to be at a lot of rehearsals versus you only have to come in occasionally, then if you're in the latter camp, maybe it is a little bit harder to make friends because you just aren't there as much and you don't see people as much. And if you have a director that's a real taskmaster, they might be like, you know, making sure you're quiet when you're off stage and all that kind of thing. Different shows, different uh, experiences and uh, different friendships may or may not form. But again, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to that common interest and, and an understanding among theater people that, you know, isn't there necessarily with people who aren't doing theater, don't understand what it is you're going through. And these people who you're doing a show with understand what it's like. It's, they, they understand when you say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't get together. I have rehearsal. Yeah. They right. understand this. Oh, OK. I, I get it. Or I got a show this weekend. I can't hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also you you develop those friendships and these are the people who end up coming to see you in shows when they're not involved and can and are available to go these are the people who support you right in, in many that. cases they'd like to try to get there to see yeah a production that you're in that they're not involved with but as often happens a lot of theaters have overlapping runs of their shows so that's not always yeah. possible yeah and people do get busy but yeah it, it just comes down to I think a lot of it is frequency of working with people. You get to know them better. Or, you know, as you were saying before, if it's somebody that you're sticking to the same group with. Yeah, it's a lot easier, I think, to maintain the friendships if, say, you are mainly focused on working in a particular theater and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of other people who tend to make that their home base. Yeah. Then I think 
that's a more conducive environment to having a less transient sort of a friendship and have it be more lasting. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, there's exceptions to all of that. You know, you and I, I think are fairly good friends outside of theater at this point, since neither of us are as involved as we (laughs) used to be. But I don't think we necessarily developed that friendship when we were involved with the same group. Yes, we were involved with a lot of shows, but we were tending to move show to show. Like I was asking you for help on shows uh, sound wise at different theaters. Correct. When we, the first show we did together being at Forge, mm-hmm. Death Defying Acts, I think after that, we kind of went our own directions Yeah. for a while. I went to, I moved on to do a show at Playcrafters, and then about a year after that, I did another one at Methacton Community Theater. Mm-hmm. But then in the meantime, you started inviting me to social gatherings that yeah. you were having, like your uh, parties mm-hmm. and whatnot. So we stayed in touch that way, and then... Over time, I think just filling in different activities kind of in between shows. We didn't really work on shows together that much. Uh, you yep. you invited me to be part of your stage reading that we talked about of your screenplay in the last episode. Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. part of that. And then um, work with me in uh, backstage and productions with the, with sound designs. Right. As I started getting to sound design, then we did start working together again more actively, but... Yep. In a different capacity. And even that is fairly well in the past. It's been quite a while since we've worked together on a production at all. True. And then we also started uh, doing some writing together. Yeah, yeah, we did. We, we wrote some stage plays together that we managed to get uh, up on uh, on the stage at Barley Sheep's One Act Festival. So there was that. And then since then, we kind of moved on to the podcast. <laughs> so yeah. we, how we tend to socialize most often these days. That's how we're keeping this thing alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's an example of a friendship that did start in theater, but wasn't necessarily supported by being involved with the same group. So it can happen. It just it's a matter of who you're compatible with friendship wise outside of those shows. Sure. And having kind of varied interests that are all sort of tied together yes. with theater to most degrees, but some things being a little bit outside of it yeah, has helped I, I to think, preserve that. I think these theater friendships can become the spark that ignites a real friendship, but they don't necessarily qualify in and of themselves as friendships. I don't know that if you're just doing shows together, at some point, if you're not doing shows together, either that friendship's going to develop yeah, on its own or it's not. Out? You, you, have, you have a venue, you have, I don't want to say excuse, but you mm-hmm. have a, sort of a predetermined reason to spend time together. Yeah. But the momentum may fall or peter out pretty quickly afterward right i mean you may that be, inbuilt excuse to spend time together you may be getting along with these people when you have that excuse really well and and it might be a great friend it might be a great show friendship a great theater friendship but that doesn't necessarily translate to i'll just say the real world <laughs> but i mean the non-theater world you might be like you know if you got together with these people outside of theater and just kind of hung out and just went to dinner and talked would that friendship transcend the theater Right. And another element to it, I think, is going to be dependent upon the size of the cast Yeah, in, in a way, because if it is a maybe, say, a larger group, then you can all kind of collectively bond as a, a, a group of friends mm-hmm. and socialize in, the other, in that capacity. But then maybe as you break it down and you start to think, well, amongst the individuals in that group, maybe how much do I particularly connect with yeah. some of them or one of them? I find with the really large casts that you tend to get like uh, some breakoff groups where, you know, you might get three or four people that are together in a cast of 12 or more. 
as opposed to a cast that's just four people, you're always going to be hanging out all together. Typically. Yeah, and it's less likely to have break-off groups like that. I mean, you know, when you and I met, it was a four-person show, right? And, and mostly two. Four or five. Uh, one, two, three... I think there were five, five but one was yeah, kind yeah. of a small walk-on yes, role. Yes, but yeah, so it was mostly the five of us, and 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 a lot of it was concentrated on just you and one other actor. True. So we definitely spent a lot of time together working on that. Working together, yes. Probably not so much socializing. I don't True. really recall that there was a lot of socializing going on until all of the acts were mm-hmm. working together right as the show was about yeah. to open. And for those who may be not long-time listeners, the show we're talking about where Jim and I met was... Uh, called Death Defying Acts, which was three one-act plays. That were unrelated and actually had completely separate casts. Yeah, there was a little bit of overlap, I think, but... uh, I think the only overlap was that one walk-on role. Okay. He was a delivery... Brian was a delivery man in our show Mm -hmm. in Hotline, and then he had a bigger role in the last act, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that was the only... uh, Other than that, it was completely separate casts, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're dealing with three separate casts. They're all rehearsing separately... So they don't meet until, I guess, Tech Week was when we put everything together. Maybe Probably. a little bit before that. Maybe the week before that at, yeah. at, at And then the once you get all of that together, you know, you got a five person, a couple of five-person casts and a two-person cast, something like that. Yeah, the first was two, then... So we've got at least a dozen. Roughly. Plus yeah. three, plus three crew, directors yeah. and crew and all of that. So that's... Maybe 15 people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that's interesting when you look at it from that standpoint. Right. And it's all... Having the shared experience, It's it's all good to kind of revel and celebrate that together. Yeah. But maybe as far as connecting to individuals within that group, it's mm-hmm. not quite the same thing. Yeah. And it's still, it's hit or miss. And I think it's a good place for a foundation of a friendship, but theater friends are not necessarily the same as friend friends. It's, I think because of the unique circumstances mm-hmm. associated with spending time together. Now, one interesting parallel that I found, there was an article uh, written by Liz Chirico. I may or may not be pronouncing that correctly. That sounds right to me. Yeah, we'll go it, with it. It's entitled The Reality of Theater Friends. And what she points out in that is there's a similarity between theater friends and Facebook friends. Right. It's sort of likening it to friendly acquaintances. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I find that there's a lot of theater friends who literally are Facebook friends. Like you do a show and you tend to friend everybody from that cast. And whether or not you're going to stay connected to them beyond that is what's questionable. You're kind of, you know, staying within each other's orbit because you're, you have that common interest. You're seeing the shows they do. You're seeing what shows are out there through them, but you're not necessarily that close with them all the time. You may only really be seeing them possibly in circumstances that are connected to Mm -hmm. theater. And I mean, because of that, because you are staying in touch with them and even if you're not close with them, when you're very friendly with them within a show, if you happen to do another show with them, you might bond to them quickly again and still have that relationship. So it's definitely a good relationship, but you know, it's like with Facebook, you're friends with them, but are you really friends with them? Right. Is it sort of in some way a relationship of convenience? Yeah. And, and I guess in a way it is. I mean, yeah, you have your real friends as Facebook friends and your real friends can be theater friends, but it's still two separate groups. I think it just falls in the category of maybe Facebook friends that are still sort of in the acquaintance mode. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of a lot of theater diagram overlap yeah a lot of theater friends i think can fall into that category but i think it could split up both ways it Mm -hmm. could be that sort of friendly acquaintance realm or it could be closer friends if you do have more of a bond that transcends a particular production yeah i mean what's interesting with the with the facebook comparison and and like i said i do have this tendency where I've added most people I've done shows with as I do them. But every once in a while, I'll go back through the Facebook group and go, all right, well, am I really interested in hearing what these people are doing? Do I like their posts? Do I want to stay in touch with them? And, and a lot of times, Facebook friends that I've added from past shows, I will eventually remove. But I've also done circumstances where I've removed somebody and then I do another show with them and I re-add them. So oh. <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. But if they're not real friends... I don't, it's hard to say. I don't want to say they're not real friends because I think theater friends are still real friends. It's just a different tier of friend, B-list friends. I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know how to refer to that. I, <laughs> You're I don't digging want it yourself to sound, a hole, Yeah, I kind of am because I don't want it to sound <laughs> insulting because, I mean, there's a lot of these people that I wish I did see more of them. <laughs> and if you'd like to send some nasty grams to Glenn right now, please please feel free to email him at podcast at backstage.link. Or if you want to actually yell at me, you can give us a phone call, 267-225-8869. <laughs> or send him a nasty text message. Yeah, we may air your hate mail on a separate episode. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mean it to sound like, you know, I'm just looking for an excuse to dump these people or anything, because... I, I am genuinely interested in them and their lives, and I do wish I could see more of them. But like you've got on Facebook, there are people with two or three hundred or more friends, but the, it's not realistic to keep a circle of friends that large. At most, you're going to have like a dozen people you're close to, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And me in particular, I find that a lot of my interaction with friends may be around specific activities or interests. Mm-hmm. and. I just historically have found it difficult to have a connection with friends that goes beyond one particular activity or interest. Yeah. I mean, it can be difficult to say, you know, we're saying at the front that when you're going into theater, you have a common interest. Well, that's one common interest. So how likely is it that you're going to have multiple common interests with these people? Right. So the way in which you bond with these people best is by working on productions with them or doing theater with them or maybe going to see a show Mm -hmm. together and hanging out in association with that but which is great but they're really other than that and maybe going to a party connected to that maybe there isn't really a conducive element towards spending time together outside of that yeah i mean absolutely not but you know like i'm saying having that commonality is fine for an occasional gathering an occasional friendship that maybe doesn't transcend community theater and i think it's fine if it doesn't do that you can still have these people as friends and hang out with them in the context of shows and go to shows with them or potentially parties that are yeah parties may may not be specifically connected to a show exactly but they're just parties or gatherings that happen to be theater people or or even not theater people i mean it's just uh, i it's hard to come up with a way to state this that doesn't sound insulting, you know, B-list friends, uh, light friends. I, I don't know how to refer to it because well, I think it's still a valuable relationship. Yeah, but I'll freely admit that the vast majority of, peop- of people I've worked with in theater, I'm probably not necessarily going to feel comfortable ex- telling my deepest, darkest secrets to. Yeah, or even just calling them up and going, hey, want to, you know, go get a beer and hang out. You know, you might not eh. have that with, the, with these people, and but that's okay. It's okay if it's just, 
hey, looking forward to seeing you at the next show or whatever. Looking right. forward to working with you again. Uh, and some of it I kind of have a hard gauge to tell because I'm, and I'm sure you can relate, are we're more introverted people to begin with. <laughs> Not me. I'm very extroverted. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that. <laughs> so I don't know if people like us are maybe more at of having more of an inherent disadvantage anyway in this regard. And Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that is true. It is difficult to, to make friends when you're introverted. But I mean, I, I also feel that that's where having that commonality in theater can be helpful for that. But, you know, neither one of us is somebody that's going to go up to somebody at a rehearsal and start talking to them. We kind of need that show and that surrounding circumstance. Yeah, the structure to be a little more comfortable with people. It's but, like we're being chaperoned sort yeah. of in a way. Yeah, and I think, you know, the main reason this podcast works is we're two introverted people that are just kind of hanging out, talking to each other and recording it. So we're sorry. Yeah, You have to listen to it. <laughs> Another uh, kind of quirky element of the friendships that are tied tied in specifically to the theater world is, and I don't know as far as the element of friendly competition, how, if it's really going to be the level of being cutthroat, but Mm. there is realistically, there's that element of knowing that you could be up against a friend of yours for, and I'm not speaking for personal experience or anything, (laughs) mind you, but that you could be up against a friend of yours in a future role. And this is true. Yeah. Subliminally, I don't know if that might tie into this element of the transient nature of being yeah. tight-knit in one case and maybe not so much in a separate situation or yeah. a future I mean, production. I, often that people that you're going to hit it off with are going to be in your age range and not always, but sometimes same gender as you and maybe same type. And because you're going to have more in common, you might be a little more similar. Or and, they might you know, be in a position to decide if they're going to cast you. This is in a true. production. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I yeah, I yeah. think conversely, depending on the level that people take that personally, yeah, that could hurt a friendship. It absolutely could. I mean, I it, like like you said, we have had personal experiences where you've auditioned for me and I haven't cast you. Where we've both gone for the same role and one of us has been cast. Where you know, if we're going for the same role, only one of us can get it. So yeah, they don't usually have understudies. Yeah. But I think where that might hurt, say, a theater friendship, if it's a more, if it's a friendship that has transcended theater, I think that's a sign that if it can survive that, then it's a more, again, I'm trying to avoid saying real friendship, but stronger, stronger friendship, stronger friendship, yes. and not based solely on theater. Correct. Which again, nothing wrong with that. I think theater friends have their place. I think in my life experience, I, even outside of theater, I have had connections to people mm-hmm. that kind of really are only tied to that interest. So yeah, theater is one of many possible interests and yeah, that's how you bond. That's how you connect. And maybe there isn't that much more beyond that. I, I would say- Realistically speaking. I would say most of my long-term friendships, I can- trace to one common interest whether or not we have additional common interests that's probably strengthened the friendship but i think a lot of them you know like you i've made i I became friends with you through theater i have you know another friend that i that we were mutual fans of the band rush (laughs) so uh, you know we have other interests in common and that's what's built the friendship and and maintained it sure but i I think a lot of them do come down to a single common interest at at least that's been my experience yeah and Putting those in perspective of the contrast of those other friendships and those other common interests, mm-hmm. here's an interesting 
thing to maybe think about. In those cases where you had, you know, your your friend with the common interest of Rush, yeah. you guys had to more actively plan activities or times you want to spend together on your own. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the world of theater, where that's already kind of done for you to a large degree. Yeah. At least within the context of the show and the rehearsals and the performances. Unless you're counting Rush concerts. <laughs> well, yeah, but you still but they have they only come to, out around every few years and not at all anymore. not doing that anymore. Yeah. But you still have to actively make plans together to, say, yeah. go to a particular concert. This is true. Or if you're in a club that rides bicycles, you have to get together plan to, together a variety yeah. to, to plan a ride together. Yeah, but and, even in that theater, case, you might just run into each other auditioning for shows. Yeah, but even in that case, you you have to plan that together. But maybe that's all you do with that group of people. You get together yeah. and ride. So maybe I'm kind of wrong in this, and that theater friends are no different than friend friends. <laughs> I think it's just different tiers and different levels. Or... I guess so. I'd be interested in what other people's thoughts are on this. I mean, you know. Uh, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the backstage pod or tweet at us at the backstage pod. Give us a call 267-225-8869. This isn't live. We're not going to put you on right away. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd like to dispute that last line. That, that was, that was just Jim. <laughs> wasn't really a call um yeah but i'd be interested in hearing what other people's takes are on this I, I think i've come to the conclusion going through and discussing all of this that theater friends are no different than any other friends it's just they have theater in common and, and often circle around that my observations have been that people who have worked together a lot and continue to want to do so maintain very strong friendship yeah, bonds. absolutely it's just within the context of that's what they do together. Yeah. It's theater. Plus, they also get together and hang out and party and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think there's definitely some value to those who are involved with theater, though, to have friends outside of theater as well. You know, they're non-theater yeah. friends to just kind of give you a break from the theater stuff. Yeah, it can get overwhelming if you're getting burnt out by doing theater to mm-hmm. have uh, other people to fall back on so that you're not your whole social network is not built around theater so that Absolutely. when you're not involved with it, you are a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere living in a cabin in the woods. Not that that doesn't have its benefits. <laughs> it's quite nice, actually. I quite enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it is the kind of thing. It's good to have non-theater people come and support you at theater events. It's just good to have, like like I said, that break from it. Or just, you know, yeah, like you said, when your show's over, if you're not seeking out your theater people, then it's good to have non-theater people there. Or if they're all busy with other shows. I would say to sum up that the main contributor, I think, to when theater relationships have sort of a transient nature is the inherent revolving door element of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that you are working very hard for three to four months on one particular production, and then it's over. Yeah. And then you move on to the next thing, or you don't do it for a while, and it's just turnover. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty intense, and I think that leads to theater relationships other than friendships, which I think we've talked about some before, it's it's just a short period of time where you're working closely together and it's very intense and you bond in some way. And whether that's friendship, whether that's a romantic relationship, sometimes they last, sometimes they don't. And I think it's just a matter of outside influences, but it's no different than any other relationship. I would agree. Yeah. So really, we've just come to the conclusion that theater friendships are friendships. They are. And okay. they can have varying degrees and depths and periods of how long they last indeed (laughs) just like any friendship so what are we talking about next week do we have that planned out yet well we were discussing potentially revisiting the 
casting topic, oh, specifically talking yes. more into pre-casting. Yeah, I mean, that can certainly be affected if you've got friends auditioning for you. Mm-hmm. So there are many can, implications. Indeed. So until then, you can uh, find us, of course, on our website, which is backstage.link. Our email podcast at backstage.link. Or Twitter, and that's at the Backstage Pod. Our Facebook, facebook.com slash the Backstage Pod, all one word. And of course, you can now give us a phone call, 267 225 8869, or you can leave voicemail or a text message. If you like us, if you really, really like us, please. And please do like us. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. Please, please tell a friend. That's really pretty much how we get our publicity at this point. And it could be part. a friend that you made in theater. It could be a real friend. Yes. <laughs> Either way, just tell her a friend. Uh, have them give us a listen, and maybe they'll like us as well. So that about does it for now. So thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you backstage. Bye-bye. Backstage show theme. Insert here. <laughs> this theme is rocking. <laughs> totally going to put that in the middle of the theme now. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are personal details. Anything that's Glenn, that personal, to, uh... anything that's that personal, I do not put in the show or in outtakes. Yes. So you probably knew already what we were discussing. So I don't know why we always tell you what we're discussing when you already know. Well, maybe you didn't bother to read it. Maybe, maybe you just not. saw, oh, hey, new episode. Yeah. Click. Oh, what they're going to talk we about today. We love these guys. <laughs> I will follow them wherever they take me. Anyway. On this oral journey. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. Aural. Aural. A-U-R-A-L. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be oral, because we are orating. We are orating. We yes. are locuting. Yeah. Locutus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think we need to back this one up. Ah, uh, come on. Beep. 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 <laughs> beep. Beep. Up and at them. Hi, I'm Sound Guy. <laughs> my only superpower is I have perfect pitch. <laughs> Worst superhero ever. <laughs> Um, we've alluded to, said um again, <laughs> that and you, you might, can take and advantage you might, of at the time. You might get along with the... <laughs> the momentum. Damn it. Go ahead. We've both gone for the same role, and one of us has been casted. Casted? The flame is okie-dokie. Shall we start? Sure. All right, then. Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the backstage. That's probably the whole outtake right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except you'll really have to turn the music down to hear any of that. Uh, yeah, I, I could just turn it off. Or maybe that'll be like after the outtakes thing that I've done before. <laughs> That's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs>